Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Speak Life Into Me. I am your host, Rakina Nache, where we will discuss everything up under the umbrella of mental health. Today, we are gonna be discussing a topic that is gonna be pretty hard, possibly for you all to hear. So if you have a moment where you are feeling a little overwhelmed in this discussion, I want you to take a second and take a few deep breaths, okay? This is a necessary conversation. And so I really wanna come and welcome these two beautiful ladies on this discussion. We are gonna be discussing molestation. So Ariel and Miss Joanne, if you can take a second to introduce yourself and your practice, and then we'll jump into this discussion, ladies. My name is Ariel Brown. I'm a licensed clinical social work supervisor, and I'm located in the DFW area under the practice name, A Space to Heal. My name is Joanne Davis. I'm a licensed professional counselor supervisor. Um, I'm also a registered play therapist, so I specialize in working with children, adolescents, and young adults, and I am in the DFW area. Um, and my practice is Lighthouse Psychotherapy and Consulting. Awesome, great. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining me. As I mentioned, we are going to be discussing molestation. This is not an easy topic, but as I stated, it is a very necessary topic. We are going to go ahead and just dive on in, okay, ladies? Okay. All right, so if you can, one of you, define molestation for me. Give me a picture of what that is, mm -hmm. if you can, Joanne. Sure. Um, any type of, anytime you're dealing with um, a child and an adult, anytime you're dealing with unconsensual um, act of, whether it's touching or sometimes it could be encouraging a child to engage in certain behavior, mm -hmm. um, inappropriate exposure okay. to anything sexual. Um, whenever you don't have consent, and I think any anytime you're dealing with a, ch a child who's um, underage, mm -hmm. um, is what we it's, it's what we're looking at okay. as far as molestation because okay. I know sometimes people get well was it was there penetration or yeah, yeah. and sometimes children can get a little confused because right. it's like well there wasn't penetration so was it really molestation yeah, yeah. but it's all those things yeah and many yeah. more that falls under yeah. that umbrella yeah. of molestation I think that molestation as you as you mentioned it can get very confusing yes because people don't really understand what it is mm -hmm. and so again very happy to have this this discussion mm -hmm. because it's very much needed and so it's not always penetration Correct. it's more so of the inappropriate touching mm -hmm. and encouraging to either have someone to touch them Right. Or for them to touch themselves. That's Is correct. that right? That's correct. Okay. And also exposure to pornography. Mm. Okay. Uh, that is something. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. So exposing them to experiences that they are really not mentally right. or emotionally able yeah. to or ready to be exposed right. to. Not, not psychologically Wow. Prepare to handle those type wow. of information and exposure. Wow. wow. Yes. And Ariel, can you tell me how often are we seeing molestation cases? Is this often? Do we see this quite a bit? Yes. I don't know the specific statistics on it, but I would say um, 
probably every family has dealt with this in some form or fashion. Yeah. Um, because like you were saying, like it's not always um, a um, just in your face type case yeah. of molestation or sexual yeah. abuse yeah. or anything like that. Um, so I would say probably every family would say that they have dealt with this at some um, point. In some form of fashion, mm -hmm. yeah. This is something that we hear quite often. This is one of those topics where we hear what goes on in this house stays in this house. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. And that is something I am so big about eliminating the way that we process and think about right. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when we have a molestation that goes on in our family, sometimes it is often overlooked and excused. Right. In some family households. Is that right? That's correct. And it's usually by someone that the child knows. It's usually mm. more than likely it's a family member yeah. or it's a family friend, mm. um, which causes a lot of confusion for children. And there's that feeling of, do I protect this person or do yeah. I tell? If I yeah. tell, am I going to cause, you know, drama in the family? Yeah. Or sometimes the abuser will threaten that child. Yeah. If you tell, no one will believe you. If you mm. tell, you're going to mess up the family dynamic. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 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 So this not only sometimes happens within the home, mm -hmm. but it can happen at a church, mm -hmm. your school functions. Mm -hmm. It can happen anywhere. But typically it's with someone that this child and the family trusts. Correct. Is that right? My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, you know, yes, it can happen anywhere. And then, you know, the other part of that as well is, um, you know, when kids are exposed to these issues um, and if they're not dealt with in the home, then we're, that's when we start seeing that, okay, now it's acted out on friends or those types of things. So yes, typically somebody that, you know, the child knows, but if it is into that stranger um, part of it, then it's going to be like I said, typically another kid who mm -hmm. maybe has been exposed or something like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. What are some of the behaviors that parents can actually look out for when a child is potentially being molested or even when the parent has no clue? Mm -hmm. But yeah. what are some of the signs that maybe you can see in your child that would be questionable? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just really knowing your child is really important. So are they more outgoing? Um, do they normally complain about things or not? Um, just any little shift in behavior. Are they mm -hmm. staying more in their room? Are they telling you, okay, I don't want to go see this person or that person? Are you noticing them, you know, shying away or different things like that? And those are just some of the um, main things that you can look out for. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. And just to kind of piggyback on what you were saying about when they're wanting to stay away, and I think that's sometimes something that parents miss a lot yeah. because kids will tell you, like, if they're uncomfortable yeah. and they'll say, I don't want to go to this person's house. I don't want to go spend time with this family member. And a lot of time they'll get scolded mm -hmm. for not wanting to be in that space. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, when the child's telling you, and especially if it's some a place that they prior wanted to go they wanted to be with that person they wanted to go and visit this cousin or this family member and then all of a sudden it's just like i don't want to be there yeah and you know they're not telling you why so it's really you really want to take that opportunity to pay attention to pay to attention that. to that as to why they don't want to be in a place that they 
before look forward to going to. Yeah. Um, and we can also see a lot of like sexual um, um, acting out behaviors as well. So like younger kid, younger children, what we see like when I work with like toddlers, for example, um, they're touching themselves. I mean, which is something that's children at a certain age, they're going to kind of explore and like, what is this? And they're curious about their bodies. Mm. But I'm talking about young children, you know, masturbating, um, two year olds, two year olds, two year olds. You have two year olds that are coming in Mm -hmm. that need help to come in to see you and they are masturbating. Yes. And sometimes parents don't know this is going on unless they maybe have like a monitor in the room. Uh, we see that a lot with children in foster care, for example. Mm. Um, they come in and then maybe they have a monitor just to kind of see what, you know, making sure, you know, the child is sleeping well and behaving and they're starting noticing that. Um, and that two-year-old is not able to tell you right. that, oh, this happens to me, but those are some of the behaviors. And another thing I was going to say to pay attention to, especially in younger children, is their play. What do and you mean by play? So what children, what kids do, so like you and I, if something happened, we'll have a conversation or I may go and talk to a friend and confide and say, you know, this happened to me. Children, especially uh, we're talking about um, toddlers, we're talking about two, three-year-old, they mm-hmm. express things in their play. Mm-hmm. So if something happened to them, they're actually played out with okay. dolls, with toys. I see. So that's another thing to pay attention to because oftentimes parents will just oh, go play um, and just kind of let the kids play to themselves. So if you start noticing like your child is withdrawn and you start noticing some of the behaviors, um, you know, just if they were outgoing, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, and all of a sudden they're just kind of like, we were quiet, we were isolated. And you see that in, in young children too. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is really start paying attention to their play. Just play with them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the things we, you know, when we're working with families and play therapy was we teach them to have 30 minutes of interrupted playtime with your child once a no week. Phones, no phone, no distractions. No you just in there with them, you watch them, you allow them to lead the play, you know, okay. let them invite you in. Okay. And so, okay. so you can, a lot of things can come out. Okay. Right. I like how time. you said to let them lead. Yes. So. Oftentimes, sometimes us as parents Mm -hmm. will play and we will lead Mm -hmm. in, oh, Mm -hmm. no, you Mm -hmm. should do it this way Mm -hmm. or whatnot. Actually let them lead so that we can see what it is that they're doing and who they're doing it with Mm -hmm. and what they're actually taking in. That's important. Yeah, because they're expressing. That's their language. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's why we do play therapy. That's what play therapy is. Yeah, Yeah. because they can't always express those big emotions. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, you might see the anger or Mm -hmm. violence or some type of, like, invasion of privacy with the toys they're playing with or those different things. Or maybe even they're having a toy hide because the the toy is scared. So there's so many things that you can pick up in that play but like the main thing that you're saying is like it's the connection and that's really how we you know help them learn um how to keep themselves you know safe as well Mm -hmm. so i like the fact that we are speaking about the expression part of it because as parents sometimes we will um tell our children how to act tell our children Mm -hmm. how they're supposed to do certain things and we don't allow that space for them to be able to actually share with us, right. not just in play, but just in conversation, right. just in how they're 
showing us different things. That's right. important. You guys have really made that that point, which mm -hmm. I appreciate you saying that because we do, we overlook that because we know that certain things need to be done mm -hmm. or we're having to work or, you know, we have laundry to do this and that. And sometimes we try to dictate to our children play, but play how I want you Correct. to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, that's powerful. And that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And being able to just have those conversations with them, mm -hmm. whether it is snack time, dinner time, mm -hmm. bath time, paying attention to maybe sudden movements or certain Correct. things that they may do or say, mm -hmm. those are really crucial times. Is that right to right. pay attention to? Absolutely. And just things with touch as well, mm -hmm. because a lot of times children who are molested, something it's it's different yeah, you know depending right. on the child you may have a child who wants to be touched more mm -hmm. because that happened mm -hmm. then you may have a child who just don't want anybody mm, to come yeah. close to them wow. so you really need to be paying as a parent really be paying attention to you know just know the baseline for mm -hmm. your child like mm -hmm. if you don't know the baseline then you don't know when something's changed yeah yeah right yeah um what about the children that are coming from a single parent home, mm -hmm. possibly, right? And mom or dad has a new boyfriend mm -hmm. or whatnot or a girlfriend that has come into the home mm -hmm. and they are babysitting or helping around the house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so they're still new right. to this household. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that we can actually maybe pay attention to mm -hmm. or maybe conversations that we can have with our children right. as we're introducing this new person mm -hmm. into our home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's definitely super important because um, even in my personal life, I'm like, I don't like meeting people's children mm -hmm. too early. Yeah. Um, just because it's a lot of exposure mm -hmm. to a lot of personalities and different things like that. So really, the first thing is having like a safe meeting time. Um, for your child with any potential significant others or even just friends for that matter because people change we all have past and backgrounds and so you really need to know a person before you are bringing them into yeah. your home around your very vulnerable child yeah. um, <clears throat> and then having that conversation with our children you just have to do it yeah really letting them know like these are your body parts yeah these are the sacred parts these are private for you only, you know, mom sees these during bath time or those types of things, but no one else, you know, should see them outside mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. you know, this home or, you know, right. just really, um, you have to be direct right. and you have to be very clear right, about right. those things. What is this, you know, bad touch or those types of things. And as they get mm -hmm. older, maybe they are starting to have, you know, different feelings for, you know, <clears throat> romantic, you know, feelings or those types of things. And then addressing that, mm -hmm. you know, as it happens and just not being shy about it because we can't be. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And maybe not just having that conversation once. Right, yeah. Maybe having that periodically mm -hmm. because you are bringing someone around your child. Absolutely. That it's a new relationship. And, and I think sometimes we have that conversation you know, because we want to do the right thing, but mm -hmm. we don't realize that we need to have some check-ins. Right. How, how is this relationship progressing? Mm -hmm. How are you feeling with having this person around? Mm -hmm. And really start to pay attention to, mm -hmm. have there been some sudden changes within my child, within my household, mm -hmm. and how are they feeling around this individual? Right. Right. Yeah. Like since that person came into the home, yeah. how are they, is there a 
has there been any change yeah. in their behavior? Yeah. I think another thing too, you know, parents, as parents, when we talk to our children, we really need to let them know, even at a young age, like you don't have to do everything that an adult tells you to do. Right. Like you can say no. Yeah. And so that's why those conversations you, you're yeah. speaking of about body yeah. parts and, you know, using the proper Terms. Terms. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For body parts is so important. Right. You yeah. know, um, and having those conversations and making sure the child understand that those areas are a no no. And yeah. it doesn't matter who asks you, who tells you, just because they're an adult, you don't have to do what they say. Right. Um, right. And knowing that it's wrong and having those conversations, like you said, not just one time, yeah. but ongoing right. conversation, yes. checking in and see yeah. how are you feeling about yeah. this person, yeah. what's going on. And yeah. 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 Um, I did want to ask you, when a child is being molested, I think a lot of times we hear uh, the terminology that this girl is fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She too fast for her age. Right. She beyond her years and she going to get pregnant one day. She's going to do the, we, we hear all of these mm -hmm. things. And sometimes we don't realize that that could be a back end story to that. Mm -hmm. Can we kind of elaborate on that a little bit? I know we have heard that. And I know you have girls right. that come in all the time or even young boys that come in all the time and they are beyond their years mm -hmm. sexually. They right. may be dressing a different way, right. you know, beyond their age and so forth. But that may be a clue sign for us to actually take in yeah. and take account. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like you said, so you making sure that your children are engaged in age appropriate things, you know, what are they watching on TV? Because your child is not going to be mm -hmm. fast just because that's who they are, mm -hmm. right? You know, so are you, do they have exposure to sexual things? You know, even certain cartoons make different mm -hmm. sexual references or even uh, introducing them to like kissing or having play boyfriend and girlfriends, yeah. all of those things, because we are sexual creatures mm -hmm. by nature, by, you know, biology, right? And so even that, so for some kids, that sexual exploration mm -hmm. is going to be just that natural sexual, sexual exploration of, oh, this is a body part. Oh, this is different, you know, but then when it crosses over, what's the other part that's coming into that? Because everything mm -hmm. as a child, for the most part, is, is learned behavior. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you're seeing mm -hmm. some of this activity that's right. going on, especially if it has been from one extreme mm -hmm. to the next, if mm -hmm. this child was maybe, you know, just a normal child doing normal things and now they are dressing and talking differently. Right. Um, I did want to ask you, is there such a thing as when a child is molested that they actually gravitate to their abuser? Yes. Um, and it's different. Like I said, every child is going to respond to that experience differently. Um, and to kind of go back on the sexual, which is, you know, fast, um, mm -hmm. some children will act out sexually mm -hmm. um, because they were they're being molested. It's that confusion of like, OK, so I guess this is OK for me to engage in this um, behavior. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of time, like you said, they will gravitate towards the abuser because sometimes um, abusers will prey on children who are not being we're not getting attention there's mm -hmm. a need that's not being yeah. met right yeah. so they're not getting that attention they're not they're not getting the love and all the things they need at that age you know for their development yeah. and so that person is giving it to them yeah it's not right 
Mm -hmm. But for them, hey, I'm getting attention mm -hmm. from this person, whereas everybody else in my life is not giving me th this attention. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so they can gravitate towards that person, especially mm -hmm. when there is no conversation happening about yeah. what's going yeah. on. They don't yeah. know this is wrong. They don't understand. All they know is that this person is giving me attention. Giving They're attention. giving me love. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And on the other side of that as well, it's like if I have told my parent and mm -hmm. it was like brushed off, right. well, then I go into self-preservation mode. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, okay, well, I'm this person is doing this bad thing or maybe I feel it's wrong, whatever it is, but I'll just try to stay nice to them so maybe they won't hurt me or maybe they won't do something more extreme. Mm -hmm you know, in those things. So it can be yeah. either side of the coin yeah. on that. Yeah. So there are many cases where a child will speak up and say something is happening. And then maybe the parents says, I don't believe you. Mm -hmm. Or they blame it right. on that child. Mm -hmm. We see that quite often. It happens a lot. Mm -hmm. More often than than yeah. we think. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yes. And what does that do to a child psychologically? I mean... It's trauma on top of trauma. <laughs> right. Yeah. It creates trust issues. Right. Um, you know, now, again, I don't have boundaries because yeah. this person has preyed upon me. And then the person, mom or dad or grandma, whoever's my caregiver, is supposed to protect me. But they're yeah. telling me yeah. that this is wrong. So now I'm like, well, what is right or wrong? Yeah. Or what do I allow? So it can definitely yeah. mess with the psyche a lot. And yeah. they blame themselves. So now it's mm -hmm. my fault this is happening. Yeah. And even and that can carry on even in adulthood as mm -hmm. they try to heal from that. But because then it's kind of going back to what's well, my fault because when I told this is the response. Yeah. Yeah. That I receive. Yeah. So yeah. and it, that does bleed into adulthood, into Absolutely. your future relationships yep. on mm -hmm. how you're able to engage with mm -hmm. your partner. Mm -hmm. There may be times where you shut down and, and you're not able to be as loving or as affectionate, mm -hmm. or maybe you can, but there are moments where you may be triggered. Mm -hmm. Correct. And that can cause a conflict in your relationship because mm -hmm. your partner doesn't fully understand right. that, that trauma that mm -hmm. you had to endure Correct. Uh, because you have not been able to heal and get the help, right. the proper help that you exactly. need. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And sometimes people think, well, this happened in your childhood. That was yeah. so long ago. Yeah. Like yeah. you you should be, that shouldn't be affecting yeah, your relationship right now. Yeah. You should be past that already. Yeah. 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 But it doesn't work it, like that. It doesn't. It doesn't it work doesn't. like that. When you haven't had the proper help, it lingers. Right. Mm -hmm. And even if it feels as though it has kind of plateaued and you're thinking, okay, life is fine. I mm -hmm. thought that I was over this, but we don't really know that something is there mm -hmm. until we get triggered. Right. right. And sometimes it comes out in the most unwanting times, right. mm -hmm. undesirable times when we have gotten into a relationship or even when we actually have our own children. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. So are there do we see this where parents are sometimes even standoffish with their own children as they grow up and they're raising their own child when they were molested as a child, now they have their own kids. Does that sometimes affect them being a parent? Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I would say more on like the emotional aspect, depending on how they have taken in their own trauma yeah. and how that's been kind of ingrained within them. So um, that's where you may see a more emotional, emotionally neglectful mm -hmm. um, parent, right? Like, what are you crying for? 
okay, you're upset, talk to me, tell mm -hmm. me. But again, like you're dealing with a child who doesn't understand all of these yeah. big emotions. And so, yeah, yeah that parent-child relationship can definitely, yeah. you know, be affected. Um, and then too, because with traumas, we often mm -hmm. have um, underlying triggers that we're not aware of. And so if my child is triggering me in some way, but I'm not aware of it because I don't even recognize how that trauma has really affected me, mm -hmm. then again, you're gonna have some disconnect within the relationship. That's true. And I think in the parent-child relationship, you can see either side. Like you can have a parent who's extremely protective of yeah. their child because yeah. of right. what they experience. Yeah. And that cat can be a little suffocating for that child. Yeah. But they don't have a conversation to say, I am that way because this happened to me. Yeah. You know, for that child to just think, oh, you're just controlling, you want to ruin my life. So yeah. that can damage that relationship. Yeah. And then, then you have the other side of what you're saying where they're completely you know, emotionally disconnected, just yeah. so whatever, deal with it. No one helped me. So yeah. tough. Yeah, tough luck. So, tough luck. Yeah. Should that parents um, share their experiences as their child gets older as to why they are the way that they are? Absolutely. Every time. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, because again, yeah. that's what creates that connection and that right. relationship. Yeah. Right. I have to know my parent. Mm -hmm. um, I have to know my child. When we don't know each other, again, we can't really cultivate right. a actually healthy relationship, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Where growth and healing can really mm -hmm. take place. Yeah. And so it's one of those things like you get it, you know, you want to be protective as a parent. But as your child is navigating the world, they need some real life experience right. to say, oh, yeah, I remember when mom and dad said this. Or I remember when Uncle Joe told me about mm -hmm. that. OK, this makes sense now. Right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. now they can start being active and really connecting the pieces as yeah. they're learning and growing. Yeah. Right. yeah. What are some safety plans that we could possibly put into place um, before this happens? Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that parents can do is to have safe words mm -hmm. for their ch with their mm -hmm. children. So yeah. like, you know, if you drop your child off to a party or sleepover or yeah. something of that sort, just like have a safe word that they can call and say, you know, yeah. if they say this word, then you just come and pick them up yeah. right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Conversate education, you know, educating your child about, you know, appropriate touch, inappropriate touch, um, using the proper terms for different body parts, mm -hmm. um, you know, talking to them about being able to say no mm -hmm. um, to adults. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, yeah. those type of things. It's just kind of prevention, having those conversations at an early age, mm -hmm. um, creating that safety space mm -hmm. with your child. I mean, it starts very early, you know, mm -hmm. having those playtime with your toddler, yeah. that's what builds that relationship yeah. so that then they can feel comfortable to come to you. Yeah. 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 So. I think also not just having safe words just with your parent or guardian, mm -hmm. but I think also if you are dealing with children, if you mm -hmm. are a teacher, mm -hmm. if you're um, in a church or, you know, um, for some type of sporting, understanding that when you're working with children, mm -hmm and you're a good person to make sure that you have that established relationship and and offer up hey if there's something wrong we need to have those safe words right so that we know when to step in mm -hmm. and seek help and mm -hmm. get you the help that you need absolutely yeah absolutely 
Um, thank you so much, ladies. Yeah. This was a very hard topic for us to have. It is a very necessary topic for us to have. Mm -hmm. This happens in our homes all over the world. And we have to get to a place to where we can speak up and we can actually build the relationships with our children more effectively. Having this communication, having the open communication and creating a safe environment for them to be able to say, hey, this is something that's going on. Mm -hmm. And for those who are a little smaller, making sure that we're watchful, like we mentioned before, mm -hmm. having monitor devices um, or something that we can actually start to put into place so that we can watch what our children are doing, mm -hmm. pay attention to what they're saying, yeah. pay attention to how they react around certain people. And if they're standoffish, pay attention to that. If they start acting out in different ways where they weren't doing that before, pay attention mm -hmm. to that. And just make sure that we create that space on a regular basis. We want our children to be able to share with us what's going on so that they can get the proper help and it doesn't have to linger on into adulthood. If it continues on through adulthood, that causes the, the, the journey of healing a lot longer, okay? And that can affect us and your relationships, and even when you do have your own children. So I want to thank you today for joining in on this conversation. If it is a little overwhelming, again, like I mentioned before, take a, tea, a couple breaths, okay? And prepare yourself to be able to have these conversations, not just with your own children, but your, your nieces and your nephews. Pay attention, okay? Pay attention. Our children, yeah. our children, they are our future. And we have to make sure that we create that safe environment. I want to thank you again. You can reach us at um, speaklifeintome.com, rakinanashay.com. This is your host. I am your host, Rakina Nashay. And thank you for joining us on Speak Life Into Me.